The Blaze Podcast by your favorite host, Oyema Daisy. Welcome to this episode of the Blaze Podcast. Today I have in the house Edesi Korea Asmal, who is currently a practicing architectural designer and project manager in Texas. Actually, I and Edes we have two degrees in common. We did our BSc and MSc at Buffalo Hill University later. Before she proceeded to do another master's MSc in construction management at the University of Houston, which was said based on augmented reality in construction. So currently she has publications in view and she's also practicing as an architectural designer and a project manager in Texas, USA. She has some building projects that she has designed, constructed under her portfolio, both in the United States, in Texas, and also in Nigeria. So at the moment she's interested in academic publications and currently she has one and is working on three others. Of course, beyond the whole architectural practice, Edith is also an artist. I mean, a music artist. She has actually released a number of songs. <laughs> <laughs> she has actually released a number of songs. She's also a writer, a singer, and an average movie watcher. So I guess I've introduced Edith so much. I'll allow her to also introduce herself. So Edith, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. And yeah, thank you welcome. for the robust introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So today we'll be discussing augmented reality as regards construction. First of all, I would like you to elaborate more on what exactly is augmented reality because a lot of people today we have AR, we have VR and so many of those things. So what exactly is augmented reality? Okay, thank you for that. Augmented reality is a process of enhancing the real world with a computer-generated information or a hologram to improve okay. interaction between the user and the real world. So what that means is that you superimpose something that is not real in your real space, your real point of view. And there are levels to doing that and there are different ways that it can be achieved. So that is augmented reality. Most people mix it up with virtual reality and there's a difference in virtual reality, you're immersed in a completely unreal environment, an unreal world. Yeah. And you put on the head-mounted device or whatever you're using, and you're in there. You can't see anything that is real. But in augmented reality, you're literally augmenting your reality with a computer-generated image or feature or something like that. So your real world is interacting with that graphic image or you know, that hologram that you have created. So it's just as the name is augmented reality. You're augmenting your reality or complementing the real view in front of you. To speak further yeah. on that, virtual reality has different uses and most of the uses augmented reality also shares. But in construction or in the um, architectural or engineering industry, the AEC industry, it's not really gained as much momentum as it has in other industries. In the medical industry, in retail, in commerce, in gaming, GPS mapping, education, people are using augmented reality. It's currently being used in the construction industry, but obviously in gaming and in commerce, you know, it has been used extensively. And it's still not there for the layman to use in construction industry. But in the industry right now, it's being used for fabrications, it's being used for worker trainings, supervision and progress tracking, inspections, when construction is done and they need to carry out the inspections. 
you know, they use some form of augmented reality. Companies are already doing that. To speak further on the difference between the two, usually the most common device for virtual reality are usually head-mounted devices and popular among them is the Oculus series. So you have the Quest, the Oculus Rift and all that. They are head-mounted, which means you wear them on your head and then you get immersed in that virtual world. But for augmented reality, it could be anything from a head-mounted device, a lens, to a mobile device. So, oh, okay. yeah, it could be. So that, that is why when I was doing my research, I focused on augmented reality because I was trying to see how that could help construction for small companies. So the most common device that everybody knows for augmented reality is the Microsoft HoloLens series. Yeah, okay. yeah, a lot of people know augmented reality, but they are trying to talk to you about virtual reality and then they mix the terms up or vice versa. So the same way they mix the devices up, this is just for clarity. So the HoloLens, yeah. it looks a bit different from the Oculus Rift or Oculus series, which is for virtual reality. So since our focus to augmented reality, I'll just limit the talk on virtual reality, but I hope people can get the difference now. The HoloLens yeah. is literally, it's literally a lens, but it's also one, it's head mounted as well. And it's pretty expensive. It's about $3,500 right now. And the Oculus Rift is cheaper. It's between $400, $300, depending on, I mean, whatever series you're getting. So the potential for augmented reality is really high for the construction industry because we want to see what we are building that is right in front of us, what we are constructing in front of us, and be able to maybe compare it with something else and see them at the same time in real time. Do you understand? So augmented reality can help in live construction. Like, you know, it's not something that you have to be in some room and you're immersed in a world and you can't relate with what is on site or you're trying to relate it to what's on site. Yeah, that's pretty clear, which actually leads me to the second question. You've already clarified on this augmented reality and also tried to differentiate between augmented reality and virtual reality. So how does this augmented reality enhance collaboration and communication during project design at the design stage of a project? Okay, augmented reality has some types. There's what you call the marker-based augmented reality and the markerless augmented reality. Now, marker-based augmented reality is, let me just say AR for short, augmented reality AR for short, is AR that uses a marker, okay? And a marker is like a 2D computer-generated design or a pattern or a symbol. So a QR code can serve as a marker, okay? And, you know, just some patterns or images that has been encrypted with graphical information or computer-generated information to show an image. If you scan that marker, it should show an augmented reality feature. That's that's why it's called marker-based. While markerless is the opposite. It means that you don't need a marker, you don't need a reference point to generate the augmented reality image or, you know, object. It's already predetermined where it's going to appear or something. In construction, 
both are being used but marker-based AR can be very useful when you're trying to show a client what your design idea is and you don't need to move to the site you want to show that design concept that you have in mind and you want to give an idea of how the physical experience is going to be right on your table you could actually scan a QR code and it will generate that image and everybody else there can use it. Beyond having like a 3D on a flat screen, it's easier for people to relate, to see, oh, how about we take this out? How about we, you know, we do this, we do that. I mean, there are applications that can do augmented reality walkthroughs. So you could be walking okay. through this building or this space, just holding your phone or your HoloLens, if you're wearing one, and you're inside a physical space, you're not immersed in a virtual world. You can literally see your cup of coffee wherever you dropped it, but you can yeah. also still see this building. The advantages for design communication is enormous. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, yeah, it, yeah. And, you know, if you can picture that, you can begin to see how much errors it will reduce before you get to your final design and before you get to site. So it also helps break the barriers that people seem to not be able to overcome with BIM. Yeah, so I, it's obvious that this enhances visualization in a lot of ways. At least it will help, I mean, communicate better to clients who might not be so familiar with our typical visualization tools like normal 3D or 2D drawings that we we'll have on the project. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, is one of the strong, big, I mean, the biggest giveaway or takeaway with augmented reality. Okay, yeah, that's pretty clear. So, how about when we get to the construction stage of a project? How does augmented reality enhance safety and efficiency on the construction site? Okay, one of the major uses of augmented reality on site is for training. Okay, okay yeah. so I did a little research where. We're trying to see how we could use marker-based augmented reality to improve electrical installations. So we made a prototype, the prototype of a wall installation. Because over here, there's a lot of drywall, and you could either use metal studs as your framing element, or you could use wood. So we made one with wood, a very small prototype. And we had volunteers and students come around, and we tried to show the process for installing an electrical plug. We try to show the process through marker-based augmented reality using a tablet. Okay. And we yeah. wanted to see how they can, without any prior knowledge of how to install plugs, how they can, just following the process shown, courtesy of the QR code they scanned with the tablet and, you know, the process that was being shown on the screen that they were able to superimpose on their reality to see how they could now use that and install the plug on the wooden prototype. And considerably well, a lot of them did complete the process. Many of them were like, I've never installed a plug before. I didn't know how electrical installations work. And that tells us that if you have to move to site and your workers don't know a process, you can actually show them the process using augmented reality. In fact, you could even just put a barcode or a QR code on maybe a piece of lumber and maybe they're trying to fix something or install something. And when they scan that barcode or QR code rather, all they have to do is tap a link and it takes them to maybe some video that shows them the installation process or that process 
is recreated in their actual scene like a hologram and they just follow the process as the hologram shows it do you understand so yeah that's one of the important uses of documentary reality on site and then for safety over here there are a lot of safety trainings before you take people to a construction site there are certifications you should have and then there are logs that you're meant to keep feeling while the project is going on so sometimes this safety talk sounds like theory to the workers but when you're able to show certain prototypes by just showing them right on the site this could happen if you don't do this and they can literally see a hologram or an augmented reality representation of it by just putting on a lens they can see it right there in front of them you know yeah. in fact that that's one of the major uses of augmented reality safety trainings then it can be used for inspections because usually after carrying out a process and installation or wherever the supervisor or the foreman may come to site to check what the people have done and he may not be able to catch everything with his naked eye. We've seen scenarios, we've seen examples where companies have augmented reality features where the foreman has to just put on a lens. He looks at a beam to column or, a, you know, joinery, and it shows him what the beam, I mean, when I say beam, I'm talking about BIM, what the beam clash detection software that they've used, you know, shows. It shows the two at the same time, and he can see that there's a mistake. Okay. Sometimes yeah. even the inspectors from the building authorities that come per stage of work, they can use augmented reality to carry out their inspections and either in the form of putting on some lens like the HoloLens or even just marker-based augmented reality using your phone or using a tablet and you scan something and it reveals what is supposed to be there. So the uses for construction is immersed. That's kind of my research. I went to a site and the contractor on the site was telling me that from what I was trying to show them that he actually feels this could save them cost because sometimes when they want to estimate electrical wiring and all that, they use thumb rules, they use experience, but they usually either overestimate and there's waste. So it's usually buy so much and then you know that what you need will not exceed this amount, right? So you just yeah. buy like bundles and bundles of wires. But at the end of the day, there's so much cut, 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 cut when they're installing the electrical installations that a lot of the wires goes to waste. He assumed I was making an application. So he said, if this app can, and if we scan it in a physical space or from a drawing, maybe from a 2D drawing, it generates what that space is. And it gives us the exact measurement because in electrical drawings, they don't usually have like a 3D dimension to things. It's usually all 2D. You understand? Yeah. They don't really show so much of elevations. So it's like you could already know the exact height of wiring that we are going to need to run. Okay? So, yeah. you know, so he talked about that. And that's also, you know, what happens if augmented reality advances beyond visualization and some programming is done so that there is a functional identity to whatever you are visualizing so that you can tap something and it tells you this is a steel rod of this diameter and of this you know length which should be placed at this point center to center it reveals that information about an element so if we have to that extent you know the, the contractor a builder can estimate perfectly that oh i need just this length of wire if i want to add 10 percent to it that's on me 
Do you understand? But I'm not yeah. just using like my 2D plan that just shows the length and breadth of the room. Yes, I know the height is in sections, but I'm not going to spend that much time doing the math. I'm just going to say, okay, normally if I'm doing 10 rooms, this is what I usually buy. Do you understand? And then I'll yeah. just go and buy that. You understand what I'm saying? So now he was telling us that this could save cost and save wastage on site. Even at that, he was showing me, telling me how much wastage they already had. So the potentials are immersed, you know, the potentials are immersed for site work. Yeah, so it's pretty obvious that augmented reality has wide applications spanning from the construction to even the design stage and all that. So this next question is a bit tricky. So in your opinion, who benefits more from this augmented reality? Is it the professionals in the industry or the clients themselves? Well, I wouldn't say it's a function of who benefits more, but because during the building project, more yeah. time is being used by whoever is building it, the professionals, right? Yeah. The client only comes in in the beginning and intermittently in between. So because yeah. more time, as far as the project is concerned, is expended, is, you know, utilized or whatever by the professionals, it will benefit them more. The client is only going to show up every now and then to check how his money is spent, but who is doing the nitty gritty of the work. So I wouldn't really say yes, okay, it's a comparison battle, but in, in practicality, who spends more time on that building project? It's not the client, you know, it's the yeah, professional. It's so it definitely benefits them more. Yeah, that's pretty clear. So, but what do you see as a major obstacle at the introduction? You mentioned that augmented reality is used more in, in other fields like medicine and gaming and all that. So, what do you see as a major obstacle to the widespread adoption of augmented reality in our industry and even in Africa, especially? Mm, the major obstacle I see is the obstacles that we are trying to overcome with the adoption of BIM, right? So, yeah. the widespread adoption of BIM will lead to the widespread adoption of AR. It's not 100% directly proportional, but it's more than 80% directly proportional. Because using augmented reality, people project images, just images, you know, and stuff like that. But for construction, you're not just projecting images. You need to project a beam file or some sort of building file. Yeah. Or if I can find a way to convert it into some image kind of file you know jpeg or whatever that's fine but the efficiency is enjoyed more when there is a beam file some form of informational file that has to do with drawings or even just a 3d so if we are able to make people see that beam is not just for modeling 3d projects as in beam is not really just 3d it's more than that however we also don't want to make it look like this is a very techy complex thing this is something that is as simple as even downloading a social media app on your phone because sometimes many of these things are efficient when you can access them from anywhere when it's cloud-based for instance those are the two things i see as a problem however i know us very well no matter how complex the problem is if everybody can identify that it is useful they'll go for it quickly so those are my takes on that okay so it's been quite some interesting conversation but well, before I move further, I would also like to ask you some random questions. So okay. uh, at the beginning, when I introduced you, I mentioned that you are actually a music artist. I mean, beyond the whole aspect. 
So, as a music artist, what's your favorite genre of music? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good question. Um, <laughs> it used to be hip hop, but I think I'm Afro pop infusion now. Afro pop and hip hop. Yeah, those are. I don't have one favorite, but I could be anything. It's usually it's usually Afro pop and hip hop. So. Oh, okay. okay. That's interesting. So, also the second yes. question I have is. Who's your favorite architect? I mean, whether from history or someone that's still alive, someone that maybe have inspired your architecture, someone you can derive inspiration from your style of architecture. Hmm. Okay. That's a very, very interesting question. So I don't think I have a favorite architect or one favorite architect from history. I think I'm inspired by a lot. But if I were to say off the top of my head who I would pick, you know, I would say Zaha Hadid. <laughs> yes, for obvious reasons, because not many females have really broken the glass ceiling. I mean, you have to be careful when you're doing some designs, when you're beginning to introduce a lot of curvilinear forms. And, you know, somebody might start to think you're trying to imitate her. So she just made an identity that once you see her project, you know it's her. Whether you think it's functional or not, once you see a Zaha Hadid, Hadid project, you see the identity. So I would say off the top of my head, it's Zaha Hadid right now. But for, you know, for those alive, for those, you know, practicing, funny enough, the people who are inspiring me right now are closer to home. There's this gentleman from PWDC Architects, Ayosho Kumbi, I think that's the name. I'm really intrigued by his works. I've seen a couple of them and I like how he tries to create an identity for each project you know he's not trying to go with the trendy architecture and no matter how he does it that project still comes out very beautifully just reminds me of architect Gideon Obanjo from OUIFE yes their styles are not exactly the same but even though Arthur J.D. Onobanjo is a bit minimalist, he doesn't try to just do the trending architecture, the way ornamentation and all of that. He's not trying to do all of that, but he always tries to do something unique to that project site. And then his planning is very impeccable. I learned a lot from him. So when I see Ayosho Kumbi's projects, I see something like that. Yes, he has his trademarks, but there's just something about how he has been able to customize certain things to create an identity for that project site and it stands out so uh, he's one and then the second person someone that my both know that was um shegun ibitoye of design catalog i don't know how he does how he does it but i've seen some of his projects his project execution is remarkably clean remarkably clean oh. and right now that the wave of modern architecture you know Contemporary architecture is sweeping through Lagos. You know, the white and gray masses, building masses, and the horizontal and vertical compositions, no ornamentation. Ornamentation is crime. That's, you know, what everybody's doing now. <laughs> but when you see Shegun yeah. Bitoye's project, for some reason, it's just clean. Like, I can almost tell. Uh, sometimes I'm like, are you sure Shegun didn't do this one? It, even though everybody's design is looking the same, you still see some buildings like I thought I saw this building when I passed Lekki just now. It's, they're they're all doing the same. You know what I mean? Modern architecture, but yeah. Shegu's execution kind of stands out, and I don't know how he's doing it. I'm still watching him. <laughs> so <laughs> those two people right now they are inspiring 
you know, how I'm thinking of doing designs in Nigeria. So, yes. Uh, not okay. too fancy, right? <laughs> but, right yeah, no, but to be honest, that's, that. that's, what, that's, what, that's what's on my mind. So, well, I think it, it all has to do with being unique. It's not about following trends. It's about having your style and sticking to it and also ensuring that the building is functional at the end of the day. So I believe those are things that really matter beyond yeah. the whole trendy architecture, like you mentioned. And, and you know, the funny thing is people can spot it. You know, they can spot that yeah. this building is different. It's like all yes, that is still different, you know? And I learned that I should not be apologetic when I try to do something that is not popular on my design. You know, watching these people, seeing how they push whatever they wanted till the end, and it still came out, you know, unique. Yeah. So that that's it, Sha. Looking forward to doing many projects back home. <laughs> okay, that was pretty great to hear. So it's been some interesting conversation. So at this point, I'll just summarize everything we discussed so far. Okay. So you. you started by breaking down what exactly is augmented reality, at least talking about the various types and the major difference between augmented reality and virtual reality. And then after that, you now explore the applications of augmented reality during the design stage, how it enhances collaboration and also communication, which emphasizes on visualization, being able to visualize the project, especially to clients and other non-technical parties on the project. And then after that, you also talked about the construction stage, where you emphasize also on the training how augmented reality can help in help training as regards safety, as regards adoption of new methods and all that. So, which is quite pretty clear. And then, you also contrasted on who benefits more, whether it's the client or the professionals. Of course, like you said, it's not only about who benefits more, but at the end of the day, the professionals are people that spend more time on projects. So, in advertising, they have to apply it more. Yeah. And then also you talked about the major obstacles you see as facing the technology. Like you said, it's a bit dependent on BIM because for you to reap the full benefits of augmented reality, you need to also deploy BIM on the project. Yeah. So those are the major things we talked about before we started talking about music and architects. And <laughs> yes, that was <laughs> so it's been, some, it's been some great conversation. So before we round up, I don't know if you have any other thing to add, so you can advise or maybe anything at all I want to contribute before we end the session um, hmm. I think what I would um, encourage people to do is to seek knowledge and don't let our kind of environment with all its limitations stop us and I would really like to encourage the bodies of architecture in Nigeria right now NIARCON and I, I don't know about this one I heard ARCON I really would encourage them to make the practice of architecture more seamless. You need to see how things are here. It feels as if the system is supporting you to get to your license, to get your license as an architect. And the incorporation is right from school, right from college. You know, they have a student chapter. It's, you know, and they are, they are moving so fast. There's so much we can learn from them. I'm, this is something very important that the bodies of architecture in Nigeria right now, they have a lot to do. And not to talk of this kind of technologies that we're discussing, how to incorporate them in even the simplest things, you know. That's something that will really appeal to anybody who is listening or anybody who knows someone who knows somebody that you know, 
Yeah, please. We don't have a lot of time to still be behind. It shouldn't be easier for me to practice what I love in a foreign land as opposed to my home. You understand? So, yeah. yeah. So, and um, there should be an avenue for all those of us who are here, who are also getting into research and all these technologies and all that to be able to bring our knowledge or you know to the table back home so that everybody can benefit you know there should be collaborations very huge collaborations that we can make the construction industry in nigeria you know more advanced so i think that'll be it yeah so, i just want um, to chip in that there's a gentleman his name is um okolie uche clicks i just know him from afar and when I say I want to encourage people that beyond the limitations of our environment to really seek knowledge, he's an example of someone I think is doing that very well. So, yeah, that would be about it. <laughs> okay, so I'll seek him out and I'll share the podcast with him so that he <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. And to also add to what you said, you're not the first person to also mention that in the previous episode as well, someone have also mentioned about the practice in Nigeria, about NIA and all that, so I, yeah, I think I'll I think I, I I work also, also, work also out. going through some of those things, I, I could, I knew that that's something, yeah, that we need to work on, so. So I think I'll only work out to find one of them to perhaps clear more things that perhaps we might not know or may not be aware of, yeah. that might help us to you know, practice more in, in our own country. Yeah. Thank Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on this episode of the podcast. And we also look forward to having you in subsequent episodes. I would love that. There's so much we can talk about. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. And also to you, the listener, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that whenever we release a new episode, you'll be notified. So thank you for joining this episode of the podcast. I look forward to seeing you in another episode. All right. Bye. Yeah. Goodbye. The Blaze Podcast by your favorite host, Yema Daisy.